I'm excited about this one. This chapter is called Memetics. You might be surprised to learn that the word meme was originally coined by Richard Dawkins. It's odd because Dawkins isn't famous for his witty Reddit posts, but rather for evolutionary biology. In his book, The Selfish Gene, Dawkins describes a meme this way. Just as genes propagate themselves in the gene pool by leaping from body to body via sperms or eggs, so memes propagate themselves in the meme pool by leaping from brain to brain via a process which in the broad sense can be called imitation. End quote. So broadly, the word refers to any unit of culture, idea, custom, style, or behavior that spreads through copying. Memetics is the study and application of Dawkins' theory. Researcher Susan Blackmore's website gives great examples of the habits, skills, songs, and stories that could be defined as memes. So here's some examples. Internet memes. Rick Rolling, Old Spice Man, and Dramatic Chipmunk. Urban Legends. The Microwaved Pet. Popular Songs. Rebecca Black's Friday. Children's Games. Cinderella Dressed in Yellow. That's a jump rope game. Chain Letters. Bill Gates Promising a Financial Reward. And New Age Fads. Healing Crystals. When I asked Dr. Blackmore to review my list, she replied, and I quote, Remember that a meme is any information copied from person to person. So this includes every story ever told and passed on, not just the famous ones that replicate very successfully. It also includes all the technologies that have been passed around in human history, as well as financial systems, scientific theories, works of art, and much, much more. End quote. Netflix and chill. One of Susan Blackmore's central tenets is that memes are not always copied perfectly. They adapt and change as they are imitated. Since 2015, the phrase Netflix and chill has been synonymous with, do you want to have sex? But that wasn't always the case. Early uses of the expression weren't sexual at all. In 2009, someone said, I'm about to log on to Netflix and chill for the rest of the night. That was No Face Nina, the first publicly available example of someone using the phrase. 2010, no workout tonight, just feeling a little wiped. Gonna queue up a show on Netflix and chill with my kids. Another person using it in a non-sexual way. 2011, I think I'm just going to watch Netflix and chill today. I worked for the rest of the break. The phrase undergoes a very mimetic evolution. Initially, its meaning is literal, the desire to relax and watch a movie. As usage increases, a hint of sexual innuendo appears. Eventually, after millions of people mimic the innuendo, the meaning changes. Netflix has only made a few passing references to the meme. I was only able to find it on a post on Tumblr, which they also shared on Twitter. They don't really need to mention it, though. It has taken on a life of its own. What's the value of all that free advertising? It's hard to quantify, but their VP of communications, Steve Swazi, admits that, I quote, the best marketing for Netflix continues to be word of mouth, end quote. Netflix spent $1 billion on marketing in 2016. If word of mouth is their strongest form of promotion, you better believe that the Netflix and chill meme has been valuable for the brand. Can memes be engineered? Many memes are accidental. 
They begin as something small and innocuous before becoming culturally significant. However, Richard Dawkins also asserted that memes could be deliberately created. He called this process memetic engineering. In the fall of 2013, the video everyone was sharing was, Worst twerk fail ever, girl catches fire. The title is pretty self-explanatory. The video shows a woman setting up a camera and doing a handstand. She then falls on to a candle she had set up on her coffee table. Her yoga pants catch on fire, she screams, and the video ends. In one week, the video received over 9 million views on YouTube. It was covered by hundreds of media outlets. This was just after the Miley Cyrus infamous twerking performance at the MTV Music Awards. Some editorials blamed Cyrus for the accident, stating she was a bad influence. And then, on September 9th, 2013, late-night talk show host Jimmy Kimmel announced that the whole video was a hoax. He revealed that the woman in the video was actually a stunt person named Daphne Avalon. Then he showed the rest of the video. In the extended cut, immediately after Daphne's pants catch on fire, Kimmel burst through the door with a fire extinguisher. Although the whole video was filmed with a basic webcam, the set itself was built on location at Jimmy Kimmel's studio. It was professionally directed by Brad Morrison. They applied a pyrotechnic gel to Daphne's pants. She wore Kevlar underneath to protect her skin. They had three fake tables. They did three takes. Then they put it online and didn't tell anyone. Kimmel didn't tweet about it, and they didn't alert any news desks. Communities like Reddit and 4chan have another word for an engineered meme. They call it a forced meme. For many, the attraction to a meme is that they are not self-promotional. They're bits of culture that appear serendipitously. Kimmel proved that memes can be fabricated. In a Fast Company interview, director Brad Morrison explained why it worked. Here's the quote. The timing was excellent. Miley's performance at the VMAs had everyone talking about twerking, and my video, that looked very real, featured a very convincing twerking fail that ended with a cute girl catching on fire. Who wouldn't want to watch that? And people arguing over whether it was real or not just added fuel to the fire. It's all in the details and understanding what people want to see. End quote. There is a dark side to forced memes. One year after Kimmel's stunt, a startup from Chicago tr- decided to try a similar tactic. They published a video entitled, A Hippo in the Chicago River. In the video, tourists are looking under a bridge when the head of a hippopotamus appears. While it's not as convincing as the twerking hoax, it garnered about 90,000 views. It, too, was covered on some local news stations. One month later, Mortgage Hippo, the company behind the stunt, posted a video called, Chicago River Hippo Revealed. They showed the original video and then the camera pans to a spokesperson who encourages people to check out their website. What were the results? The reveal video got less than 8,000 views. Many commentators felt the stunt gave them a negative perception of the company. On a growth hackers thread, David Haddad commented, and I quote, People generally dislike being manipulated by brands, end quote. This shows the risk in the manufacturing of memes. While they have the potential to spread and impact the culture, they can also damage your brand. Mark Sermon articulates this nicely in his book, Commonplace. I quote, Memetics isn't magic, and it's extremely difficult to manufacture a successful meme from the ground up. Ideas don't always behave the way you want them to. End quote. When memes work. 
As far as new startups go, Product Hunt has everything you could ask for. They'd attracted over $7 million in funding, including money from world-renowned venture capital firm Andreessen Horowitz. Their product, a daily leaderboard for new tech products, was gaining thousands of new users each week. One thing they didn't have? A memorable logo. The founders had chosen a very simple design, the letter P, on an orange circle. Many users on social media pointed out that this looked a lot like the symbol for parking in many cities. An avid user of the site named Jesse Thomas sent in some fan art. One design featured an orange and white kitten wearing Google glasses with the word Product Hunt in cartoon script. The Product Hunt team liked it so much, they made stickers from the artwork and began sending them to early users in the mail. These users would in turn tweet photos of their special mail packages. Soon, reporters, bloggers, and fans started using the Glasshole Kitty as the unofficial mascot for the brand. It would turn up in press coverage, at meetups, and the stickers themselves became hot commodities. The meme was born. Instead of discouraging the use of Glasshole Kitty, Product Hunt embraced it. Ryan Hoover later commented, and I quote, Although it initially made me nervous, we recognized an opportunity to encourage the community to become part of the product. End quote. While they never replaced their original logo, the Kitty graphic has been adapted and used on t-shirts, their Twitter account, and to launch new brands, like Product Hunt Podcasts. Users continue to copy, imitate, and remix the meme. A group of Product Hunt fans in Miami hand-drew the mascot to welcome people to their meetup. Glasshole Kitty has also been featured in its own video game and a coloring page. Your turn. As you explore the world of memes, be careful. Heed Mark Sermon's warning. Ideas don't always behave the way that you want them to. Let's brainstorm. Product Hunt's example shows us that perhaps the best memes come from your community and fans. Here are some brainstorming questions. Number one, has your product produced any slogans that your audience has really latched onto? Number two, do you ever receive fan art? Is there a particular piece that could get traction? Number three, search for your brand on Twitter. Then, filter by images. What images do people share in conjunction with your brand? Number four, what units of culture have you created that you could open source? Allow your audience to remix and share. And finally, is your logo something that people would be proud to display on their laptop? If not, is there a mascot that your product could adopt? End of chapter.